Thanks for tuning in to Keep It Legal, the show where we break down concepts, litigation, and current events in the law with our legal experts. I'm your host, Mark Anik, and joining us today is incoming U.S. Magistrate Judge Derek Gilliland, formerly with Sorian Gilliland, the day before he takes the bench in Waco. Derek, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, first things first, I said that this is the day before uh, you take the bench. So this, I guess, is officially the last time I get to address you as Derek. If we have this call tomorrow, I have to address you as judge. What is that like to have people call you judge? It takes some getting used to, that's for sure. Uh, but but it's, I don't know, it's, it's neat. Uh, it's exciting, but uh, definitely will take some getting used to. You can take more getting used to not calling other judges judge. <laughs> you know, that's that's a little different, too. Oh, so now in a conversation with other jurists, you won't address them as such. Well, typically, yeah, I'm discovering that you just call each other by by your first name more often than not. So, yeah, which is odd when it's somebody that you've called you know, judge for 10 years or better. Let's talk about uh, some of the family things first. We were, we were talking about okay. calling you judge. Are are people around the house going to have to call you that as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, my wife said she wasn't going to call me judge. And I told her that's OK, because your honor would work just fine. Uh, but How'd that go uh, over? <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> around the house. They're, they're there to remind me that I'm just Derek. So and that's they're pretty good at it. What what is that like for you to think? I mean, you have a career as a trial lawyer and you always have walked into court and there's been that person in the robes on the bench. What is it like to think that people will be walking into your court and that you will be that person on the bench and in the robes? Uh, it's it's somewhat, uh, I'd say somewhat intimidating uh, or a little, little nervous about it just to uh, essentially live up to what I think should be the standard, you know, and after having been in front of many great judges, uh, hopefully I can handle a courtroom and, and hearings and trials and uh, with the same decorum and uh, is that they did. What um, What is the standard? You said when, when you describe trying to live up to this, you have an ideal in your mind, right? Because you've seen good judges and don't let me put words in your mouth, maybe not so good judges. But what, what is that standard from your perspective? So from my perspective, I guess um, it's to, to, you know, there needs to be a certain level of seriousness in the courtroom because it's a federal case. If it comes in, it's, it's an important matter, at least to the parties. So to maintain uh, the air of formality or seriousness that the parties deserve, but also uh, to be, you know, to be um, respectful uh, to both sides, you know, let everybody hopefully feel like they've gotten uh, their opportunity to be heard, uh, and that they uh, that nothing was biased against them one way or the other. That that hopefully they see it as me doing the best I can to apply the law to the facts uh, to reach a resolution that I think is the right one, versus somehow them coming away with it feeling like they just got hometown or treated differently just because of who they were. Uh, so I hope everybody comes away with, or, or at least to me, it seems like a judge should make sure everybody feels like they're all on a level playing field and that the, 
issues and cases are decided on the facts uh, in the process as well. Nobody's, you know, nobody's demeaned, nobody's uh, looked down upon or talked down to uh, either. This is not your first job in Waco, as I understand. You you graduated from A&M and then tell me what you did when you first went there. So my first job in Waco uh, was as a mechanical engineer with a defense contracting company called Chrysler Technologies Airborne Systems. Uh, it's a, it was We did uh, avionics upgrades. The, the division I was in, we did avionics upgrades for the Air Force. Uh, so I did that for about two years before law school. And the last project I worked on were upgrades to the old military uh, I think it was the EC-130 gunships that, that were getting pretty dated. So we were updating the night vision and, and some other armor and other things like that. So that was my first stint in Waco. It was two years of that. Uh, wow. And then I went to law school from there. Did you know all along, even when you were uh, going to school for mechanical engineering, did you know that you wanted to, to be a lawyer? No, <laughs> not at all. When I How finished did that happen? My, yeah, when I finished undergrad, I'd always kind of been interested in it. But when I finished my uh, undergrad degree, I'd had all the... Uh, all the education that I could stand. I, I was tired of going to school and I swore I was never going to school again. So uh, I got out and started working. And then after after a couple of years, I thought that that it would be, uh, that I could stand some more education at law school seemed like a really interesting avenue. And, and tell me about that. You went to Baylor Law. You have practiced how many years now as a trial lawyer? So I got out in uh, November of, ni- or, I'm sorry, in, in May of 98 licensed in November of 98. So closing in on 24 years uh, okay. as a trial lawyer, both, both, you know, attended Baylor and Waco and then practiced for a couple of years in Austin and then back in Waco for about a decade. And then I've been in East Texas for a little over a decade and now coming back to Waco. Will you miss being a trial lawyer? Will you miss being the person standing up and advocating uh, on behalf of a client or a cause? Yeah, I, I'm sure there'll be times where I miss it. Uh, there, there are parts of it I'll miss and parts of it I won't. Uh, it'd be different, but a lot of fun to be the person that's trying to to make the decision as fairly as possible. Uh, essentially, as we used to say as, as trial lawyers, you know, I'll be the guy calling balls and strikes. So it'll be, in, to my mind at least, it's a it's a fun way to still be part of part of the game or part of the process, but but not necessarily an advocate on one side or the other. Did you ever envision yourself as that guy calling the balls and strikes? Did, did you think, wow, someday I want to be on the bench or did this just happen? No, this, yeah, it just happened. It was, it was something I, yeah, every once in a while I think, man, it'd be kind of neat to be a judge, but I, I really, I guess I'd never set about trying to become a judge or, or had it as part of a potential career plan. Uh, and so this, when, when the opportunity came up, it just sort of happened and, and worked out. Yeah. Now, you have some history with the gentleman who has turned Waco into this IP powerhouse, Judge Alan Albright of the Western District. You and he tried a case, an IP case, and won a $96 million verdict. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Back in okay. 2013. And you were on the same side. We were, we were for he and I actually, yeah, from 2010 to 2013, uh, he and I developed the case where there was all obviously a team of people uh, but he he and I sat side by side taking 
more than half of the depositions in the case. And then we were side by side at counsel table as the two uh, two attorneys presenting the plaintiff side of the case. So okay. for 11 days of trial up in Tacoma, Washington. So you two have some history. Yeah. yeah. So when you go through something like that, you get to know somebody pretty well. Uh, and then we and, and we got along great. And, and of course, the result of the case uh, made it even easier to stay good friends. So we've stayed <laughs> friends since then. What's something you can tell us about Judge Albright uh, that, that maybe we don't know from all of the news coverage that he's had? Well, I, I don't think it's ever come up in the news, but he's a... Uh, uh, I don't know that voracious is the right word, but he's a, a extensive runner. He runs a lot. Even when we were in trial, he always carved out at least half an hour or more on the treadmill every day to just, I guess, to, you know, to unwind and blow off stress. But even to this day, he runs uh, miles on a daily basis. Very interesting. What about you? What is the thing that you will be doing when you're not on the bench? Oh, well, uh, well, the two hobbies I, I, I have uh, are cycling. I like to cycle, uh, road bike. Uh, I haven't raced in a while, but I, I do like to do that a little. And then uh, and then water sports. I've, I've fallen into where I really enjoy wakeboarding. So those are two, two things I'll spend a lot of time doing when I'm not working. I know that in East Texas, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've also been a volunteer firefighter, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, is that I'm, anything you'll be able to continue? I know Waco has its own department, but is that anything you can do any more of? I don't know. I'd like I'd like to. It's it's been a lot of fun, and I I've got into it when I was in Waco initially uh, because the city of Woodway supplemented its paid force with volunteers, and then when I moved to East Texas, I got back into it after a hiatus and. Uh, uh, actually went to uh, Kilgore offered a sort of hybrid online in-person fire academy. So I was able to do that and, and then get certified and, and do the same to get certified as an EMT. Uh, so those are two certifications I have. I'd love to use them. It's, it's a fun thing to do. I'm not sure uh, how I'm going to be able to keep doing that in Waco, but I'd like to find a way if possible. So you're certified both as a firefighter and an EMT? Correct. Correct. Okay. So if there's a problem in the courthouse, someone's going to call Judge Gilliland. <laughs> well, maybe. I know how to do CPR and apply an AED, so <laughs> I got that going for me. You're ahead of the rest of us. You're ahead of the rest of us. Talk to me about being a magistrate judge. What does a U.S. magistrate judge do, and how does that differ from a district court judge? Sure, sure. So the magistrate judge is one, it's a, a term appointment. It's an eight-year term that's renewable as opposed to a lifetime term. And then the magistrate operates with essentially a delegation of authority from the district judge. Uh, and so I can and will handle uh, pretrial matters in civil cases, uh, you know, discovery disputes, markman hearings, that sort of thing. Uh, on case dispositive motions, those are decided under like a summary judgment motion. A magistrate judge can rule on them, but it's called a report and recommendation. And then the district judge either adopts it or, or changes it. And so in civil cases, I can I can do everything up to the trial. Uh, and if it's something that would dismiss the case, then that's done as a report and recommendation. Uh, and if the parties consent, which hopefully uh, we'll be able to get a bunch of consents, if they consent, then I just do everything like the district judge would, including the trial. 
Uh, and then the criminal, I'll, I'll be learning the criminal on the fly. But it's uh, uh, Judge Mansky, who's already there, is well versed in the criminal. And you know, Waco has a fairly heavy criminal docket, but he's he's very good at handling that. So if I look at your career, then we've got engineering, trial lawyer, now magistrate judge. What comes after magistrate judge for, for Derek Gilliland? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe retirement. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll just wait and see. I really didn't plan this this far. So we'll see what the next several years hold. You're a trial lawyer. So you know this better than I do, right? Any trial lawyer walking into court wants to know as much as possible as, as she can about that judge and about the way he or she runs a court, you know, what he or she likes or doesn't like. Give me the quick uh, uh, rundown on what does a lawyer need to know about incoming Judge Gilliland? What's a way to do things properly and correctly in your court that will get me on your good side? Gotcha. Well, obviously, be prepared when you show up, you know, organized and prepared. So there's as little uh, downtime where you're waiting for somebody to pull their papers together or get organized. Uh, And then the other I think one of the other key things is to be as respectful uh, as possible of both the court and opposing counsel. Um, and, And that was something I was taught pretty early on in my career is you can be you can disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, and so uh, nothing, I, I don't think anything will rub me the wrong way faster than if somehow uh, an argument evolves to the point of, of taking shots at the other lawyer. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I just would rather hear the merits of the argument, the legal issues and the facts uh, and, and, you know, in a, a professional and respectful way. The Western District, uh, I don't have to tell you, Judge Albright has turned it into this intellectual property powerhouse. I read a story earlier this week that said there were 970 cases, I believe, filed there in 2021, fully one quarter of all the IP cases in the United States. There's Judge Albright and there's, is it Judge Mansky? Correct. Okay. Uh, Who's a magistrate judge? You will be a second magistrate judge. Does that mean we should expect to see even more cases, uh, IP cases coming to Waco? Well, uh, I it's hard to say for the plaintiffs, but I think with me taking the bench, the idea is that we can uh, we can handle the volume of cases that are there and we can handle an increased volume of cases. So hopefully it, it results in more cases coming to wake up. Does it ever get to the point, Derek, where there is there any such thing as too many cases in Waco? Uh, they probably, you know, probably get to that point at, at some point. I don't know what the number is, but. But I could see it getting to the point where the the docket starts to slow down and things can't get resolved or trials can't happen as fast as they should. And I don't think we're at that point yet. And hopefully with me coming on, uh, it'll be quite a while before we get to that point. So we've also asked some of our listeners to write in with some questions. And I've got one here from a law school student. Uh, They want to know what advice would you give a young lawyer early in his or her career? Oh, wow. To, I would say to to seek out and accept and seek out and accept as many opportunities to either argue hearings uh, or try cases, even if it's not a big case. But but if you want to be a trial lawyer, that is, 
Uh, the more time you can get in front of a judge on your feet or in front of a jury on your feet earlier in your career, the better you'll be in the long run. Uh, and those are opportunities that are there, but you really sometimes as a young lawyer kind of have to push or get it, make sure people know that you want those opportunities and, and volunteer for them every chance you get. With all of the talk of the vanishing jury trial, it feels like young lawyers really have to go out of their way to, to get that experience. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And and again, the very first case I tried, I was sworn in uh, as a lawyer, uh, actually by a paralegal at the, the firm I was at so that I could help uh, another associate try a pro bono case on, on the very next Monday. So I think I was sworn in on Thursday or Friday and, and tried a case Monday. But and it was a pro bono case. So you've just got to be willing to seek out it, not necessarily the big, expensive or high dollar or high risk cases, but just a case where somebody needs representation uh, and figure out how to make it work. Do something to get him to court. That's right. That's right. Uh, so how did that first case turn out? Do you remember? I, I did, well, it was good and bad. We got everything we were asking for. It was for a lady who'd, who'd kind of been uh, uh, messed around by an auto repair shop. And uh, so we got all of the damages uh, plus attorney's fees that we could for uh, the bad part of it was, I think, the repair shop the, the very next week or two, sometime in the following month, declared bankruptcy. So I don't know that she ever got fully paid, but uh, but we at least got what we wanted for, for the lady. OK, I need to I need to end uh, maybe uh, unless there's something else you want to add uh, with my most important question. And it's this. So with Waco becoming this IP focus, you've got lawyers from all over the country coming to Waco. And you're a Waco veteran yourself, having worked there and, and practiced law there, gone to school there. Where should they go for lunch? Oh, boy. I, I, <laughs> I can't say because then who, everybody I, I don't say might be mad at me. But I <laughs> can say there are a lot of really good restaurants and new ones coming up uh, all the time. Close to the courthouse is a place called Union Hall with a whole bunch of restaurants in it. Just down the road is a really good Greek place and a really good barbecue place, uh, one direction and really good Mexican food in the other direction. So if you just start at the courthouse and and expand out, you're going to find all sorts of great options. Uh, I lied. I've got one more question. How excited are you knowing that tomorrow is the day? Oh, I'm, I'm over the moon. Yeah, I'm, I'm terribly excited about it. So it's, it seems like it's taken forever to get here. It's kind of, but now it's, now it's right here. So I've told people in the past that, that I kind of feel like a kid waiting for Christmas. And uh, so Christmas is tomorrow. It's kind of like Christmas Eve when you're 10 years old or something. That's great. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time and best of luck to you tomorrow and uh, going forward on the bench. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us today. That was Derek Gilliland, incoming U.S. Magistrate Judge in Waco. Make sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tune in next time to Keep It Legal. I'm your host, Mark Anik. See you then.